This is the Weather Lounge here at Weatherworks. Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for joining us once again here in the Weather Lounge. I'm your host, meteorologist Brad Miller, and our podcast today comes to you from our Weatherworks headquarters located in Hackettstown, New Jersey. And joining me, as always, is now my athletic co-host, meteorologist Mike Mahalik. So what are you trying to say, Brad, about athletics? Nothing. You know I obviously haven't been working out that much. I mean, you know. Are it's... you uh, insinuating something? No. It's just, <laughs> you know, I, I was calling you all groovy words and things like that. I figured athletics. You played a lot of sports back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, high school superstar, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You peaked in high school just like me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see that thing on... Uh, on on uh, Facebook or whatever, it's like people who peaked in high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like funny memes and yep. things like that. Speaking of people who peaked in high school, uh. <laughs> let's welcome in meteorologist Mike Priante to the program too. All right, I'm about to leave this podcast. <laughs> Mike, um, have you graduated you guys... from high school yet? <laughs> you know, Brad, I, like I can him. make you uh, silent this entire podcast. Kidding. I have the audio yes. capabilities here. To Mike has graduated leave. from college. Turn off his channel. I can. I have the buttons right here. I, I can do it right no. now, Brad. Are you sure? No. All right. Uh, all right. No, no, I'll apologize, and then we'll go through. No, I can't do that. All, all right. right, fine. Whatever. Go go ahead, Mike. Uh, let's introduce this topic Yeah, here. hey, so, you know, we, we did this once before on the podcast. We talked about weather terms you should know and, and things of that nature, and there's so many weather terms out there that people want to know about. I think it's time to kind of revisit that subject, and this time I think we're going to skew more towards the winter. Oh, that's true, too. You know, there's a lot of weather terms out there. I mean, this may not be the final weather terms podcast. We could do a part three. We could have like five parts. I mean, if you yeah, take a look true. at the uh, the American Meteorological Society's glossary, yeah, there's like a true. ton of definitions we could totally go through, although a lot of them are probably a little bit too boring yeah, to talk that's about. True. And, so. and plus, it's it, we're audio. We don't have any visual here. So it's it's kind of, we got to pick and choose what we can uh, kind of explain. Yeah, but we don't want to go through the AMS glossary because we don't want our, we want our visitors to, you know, listen yeah. and come back. <laughs> but but I do like the winter theme here today, Mike. Uh, you know, Absolutely. We're, we're in winter and uh, this is this is a perfect topic here and uh, we're going to get going on it. Yeah, and I think uh, our special guest star over there, Mike Priante. Yeah, apparently the person who hasn't graduated high school yet. Thanks, yeah. Brad. I meant no. because you're so young. That's the only reason I said that. Well, I guess I'll take that as a compliment. There you go. No, he's obviously a Penn State graduate. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Just like myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, all right, well, let's start off. I'll start off here with, um, uh, you know, you guys know what a blizzard is? Nope, never heard of it. <laughs> no? <laughs> Everybody knows what a blizzard is, well, in a sense, but I think you're going to set us straight here because a lot of people think of blizzard, they're thinking of, you know, driving snow and heavy winds and, and feet of snow, but that's not technically right, is it, Mike? No, it's not. It's what every weather enthusiast along the I-95 corridor wants every single week. Exactly. So here's the official definition of the National Weather Service. Essentially, it's a severe st- uh, snowstorm with strong winds and low visibility. Now, the criteria of that is uh, sustained or frequent gusts of 35 miles per hour or greater. And for those that uh, are metric friends out there, 56 kilometers per hour. I, I actually went in and did the uh, conversion because um, I, I, I hear I see where, where our listeners are coming from. There's some that are not in the U.S. So, I heard they're uh, teaching that in high school now. Yeah, I mean, it's good, it's, it's good that really? we're actually teaching more know. about the metric system, but, uh, you know. Um, anyway, so that's, uh, that's kind of the wind aspect, but there's also a visibility aspect too. Um, we have a prolonged period of less than, uh, I believe a, a quarter mile, uh, visibility or, or lower. Uh, and this has to be over about three or more hours. Um, so, you know, you usually got a big storm like that, uh, can per- perhaps be a little gusty, leave some blowing and drifting snow, but, uh, it has to be at least three hours for it to be technically right. a blizzard. And a lot of times that's hard to achieve. Um, you really don't understand how hard that is to achieve in a in a in a snowstorm. It's very um, hard, yeah, to, to achieve that. Because to meet those criteria with that amount of wind and, and that amount of visibility restriction um, over three consecutive hours, it's tough to do. Um, but the funny the funny thing about a blizzard is, Mike, it doesn't have to technically be snowing. You're right, and I was going to get to that second part. So uh, oh, I beat him to it. I, I ruined his thunder, Brad. I know. Well, hey, uh, 
I got some more thunder later on. Oh, that's terrible. It's a little bit of a foreshadowing. Um, (laughs) uh, So another thing that they uh, consider, it's called a ground blizzard. And what that is, is essentially no precipitations falling. But if you've noticed in a storm, sometimes you see, and this is really, this really uh, happens a lot with like more fine powdery snow as much than like wet snow. Um, But uh, sometimes the winds could be at the criteria and the visibility is the criteria. But uh, it's really the, the the snow on the ground on rooftops, cars. It, it it looks like a blizzard outside. It technically is, but it's not falling from the sky. So in that instance, it's called a ground blizzard. So uh-huh. yes, I think that usually happens more in the plain states because a lot of times they get those big lows that really wrap up with the winds. It does very flat areas. Uh, this uh, this happens a lot. Um, and there's also one more thing. Um, there's also a severe blizzard apparently. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, I guess if you were to compare it to like a hurricane, major hurricane, it's like the, the next the next tier of blizzard. Severe blizzard is when uh, you have near zero visibility and when, you're, um, when, you're, when your winds are over 45 miles per hour sustained or frequent gusts. So if it's a really bad blizzard out there, you know, and you barely can see in front of your face, that's a severe blizzard. So a little another little tidbit there for you to... Hmm. Interesting. Never heard the severe bl- uh, blizzard one either. That might be a new one. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't. I don't know if it's used as much by the National Weather Service, but uh, apparently that's a meteorological definition uh, from the AMS. So uh, whether or not they use that, that's up to their discretion. But um, anyway, uh, I guess we'll go on to you, Mike, now about another weather phenomenon that happens a lot, especially here in the Northeast. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about lake effect snow, um, and from low visibility and things like that taking on lake effect snow is pretty much hand in hand here because you know obviously you get very heavy snows uh coming off all the great lakes lake ontario uh is is especially noted in the the tug hill plateau and erie you know can sometimes hit buffalo very hard and water not watertown that's the tug hill um but also off of lakes michigan superior and here on, they all have their own lake effect snow. So I guess the big question is, uh, how does this happen? Um, how does lake effect snow develop? Magic, right? Magic? Magic, yeah. That's like how I got snow magic happens. in one corner, Brad says what? It kind of is because it develops like out of nowhere sometimes. It just uh, it goes from clear to right. snowing in some areas. So basically, uh, what lake effect is in the most basic terms is that you have a relatively warm lake. Um, and you have very cold air blowing across that lake. So what happens is, is that cold air picks up the moisture from the lake and basically it saturates that air as it crosses. And then once it hits land, it it gets a little bit of elevation as you get away from the lake level to the surrounding hills and stuff like that. And your precipitation will eventually condense, or I should say in this case, form snowflakes, not can, you know, condense in that fact and produce your snow. So that's essentially what's happened. So you need a very uh, warmer than normal lake, or at least a relatively warmer lake. I think the, and cold air uh, blowing over that. Okay. So, so essentially that is magic, right? Essentially magic. Just scientific magic. Scientific magic. It's like nature's snowmaking system, basically. There we go. There <laughs> the thing is, go. They, they set up in kind of rows, too. Right. And so that's the thing. These can set up in several different ways. So if you have a very long lake, like let's say, you know, Erie or Ontario, and you have the wind blowing lengthwise across that lake, this will typically form into one solid band. And a lot of times this band is very heavy snow. I mean, we're talking three inch an hour rates, four inch an hour rates, even higher a lot of times uh, in these single bands of snow that form. Creating severe blizzard-like conditions. That's correct. (laughs) Um, Especially if you have enough wind. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's the single band state that happens like that. But if you get the cold winds blowing perpendicular um, to the lake or across the width of the lake... A lot of times you'll get a multiple band situation where you have several different snow bands coming off the lake. It might be four, five, six, however many that may show up. Now, 
typically those are, I'd say, a little bit less intense because the number of them, you don't have one single major band. You have multiple smaller bands. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the two different ways that kind of happens. And when that multiple band situation sets up, I, I don't know if you guys remember from school, but you know, they were called cloud streets that develop where you have rising air where the snow and clouds are developing and sinking air in, in between, between that yeah. band. And then you have another column of rising air and another column, um, column of sinking air. So that's why you have those streets because there's different columns of rising and sinking air happening. Okay. Well, there you go. Huh? So, yeah, I mean, lake effect's a big one, but it doesn't always happen on lakes, right? I was just going to say, ocean. Yeah, it can happen off the ocean, too. Wow. Now, if I had our listeners in here, I'd ask them, what do you think the type of band, what type of band would come off the ocean? But this isn't a class, so I can't really ask right. them. <laughs> but, yeah, don't... Uh... Don't uh, don't bore me, Mike. Yes, you know, we're trying to learn something here. Okay, fun. Well, this is are. this is this is the fun podcast. This isn't a right. I want to learn here. Oh, All right, fine. Well, anyway, ocean effect can happen, and uh, those occur in multiple bands the same way. A lot of times in Cape Cod, Cape Cod's a big uh, one. It can happen on cold northeast wind. Um, certainly happens with the warm or ocean temperature and the cold air above it. Is the so. snow salty? Is the snow salty? I mean, if it's an ocean. Well, it's not salty, but there can be salt in the air, right. in the atmosphere, that allows for that uh, nucleate, nucleation. What, nucleation, thank you. Uh, Reverse osmosis happens in the atmosphere, correct? <laughs> not quite, I don't think. But anyway, um, yeah, so the nucleation happens on those salt grains and actually it allows snow to develop at a little bit warmer temperature ah huh I it's didn't interesting know that. we're defying the laws of physics here we folks. are because usually snow growth is what negative 10, 10 or minus negative 10 to no, minus 12 to minus 19 18 i think you could get it at negative 10 too yeah, yeah yeah um so this is in celsius by the way not fahrenheit but a lot of times with a, a ocean effect type of situation you might get it happening at minus eight Right. Instead of minus 10 Celsius. So it's it's quite interesting how that happens. It's the same principle in terms of uh, also how like the, the, the freezing level and the melting le level changes based on how you affect the, the liquid essentially, right? So like, you know, salt water freezes at a different temperature than regular right, fresh right. water. Same sort of process, except we're talking about like, you know, nucleation and crystallization, which a different type of the water cycle, so to speak. Right. So. But anyway, so ocean effect, though, still on the lower side of totals. It's that single band that comes off lakes that is the one that really hammers people. And I'm sure people in upstate New York, around Redfield, Watertown, you know, those areas really know what I'm talking about when it comes to those single bands of snow uh, coming off Lake Ontario. I remember that one year in Buffalo, they got like three feet. It was an early season one, too, like in yeah. November, but it was... a. Uh... It was like a historic like a lake effect event there. I mean, I think there's instances up uh, around Redfield, New York, where they've had over 100 inches yeah, out of yeah. a lake effect event. That's insane. I mean, it's over the course of a couple of days. Right. But still, I mean, imagine getting 100 inches. I mean, I mean, what did we have last year in Hackstown? It was probably like 50 or some odd inches. Probably for the whole season, the entire year, and a lot of that came out of one big storm, right? Where we got close to thirty, I think, right? Um, and and also remember that one year, I forgot what exactly it was in Boston. They got like ninety inches of snow over an entire season. Um, yeah, that might have been Boston, but I mean, there were some areas that got close oh, to one hundred and twenty. Of course, but you think about that—that that, that was the entire season over the course of like three to five months. Yeah, and you're talking that hundred inches can snow can can fall of snow in several like days. several days, if not you know forty-eight to seventy-two hours. So I mean, that's insane. Yeah, that's pretty and insane. I don't know what the hardest rate of snow that you guys ever saw was. Oh, boy. but I don't know. Maybe like about. Three inches an hour. Right. Probably. Yeah. So if you're going over that in this lake effect band, just think about how hard that's snowing. You can't I mean, keep up. The most that I've ever seen was four inches in an hour. And that was in a blizzard back in 2016. Yeah, it was a more synoptic event. 
And that was insane to me. I never saw it snow so hard in my life. And I could say that truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike some people who might go out and see it snowing and be like, ah, it's snowing as hard as it possibly <laughs> ever could be. Well, Mike, we'll talk about that. You're you're stealing my thunder I'm again not here. Stealing any thunder? Yes, you are. I, I that's one of my topics here. So let's uh, we'll we'll get to the whole criteria of of, of the uh, intensity of snow in a little bit. Um, but I think afterwards, I think the next thing would be probably still you, right? It ties into lake effect, and sometimes. Uh, lick effect bands do kind of get you know categorized as this right yeah so what can happen is you when you have lake effect bands a lot of times you can get snow squalls breaking off the lake effect bands now these are typically a, a real problem if they start crossing major highways um especially you know in areas of the northeast like one that comes to mind is i-80 um, where you can get one of these snow squalls and it's basically like a wintertime thunderstorm is basically what it is. And that visibility will drop quickly to a quarter mile or less in a snow squall, you know, covering roads, reducing visibility. And that's how accidents happen very easily on interstates when these snow squalls develop. So that's one way you can get snow squalls. They come off of the lake effect bands. The other way it might be an Arctic front or something like that, that could produce a line of squalls basically coming across the area. So that's kind of two ways. That's what a snow squall is. So basically, when somebody says a snow squall, and they do have snow squall warnings now, uh, I know a lot of them issue that in the National Weather Service. Um, just think of a thunderstorm, but it's winter. <laughs> a thunderstorm, but it's winter. Hey, that that reminds me of my topic that uh, I kept trying to foreshadow. Now that I stole here. your thunder uh, uh. three, four times. I don't know. It's like Beetlejuice. I said thunder three times, and all of a sudden. Ah! lightning's gonna strike something anyway uh so yeah the next topic is thunder snow and it's a pretty interesting topic i don't know if anybody out there have you guys actually have you heard thunder snow oh yeah in your lifetime uh or, you know or was, it, was it a garbage ever experienced thunder no, snow i have no are you sure I, I i'm pretty sure that i did we i did experience thunder sleet okay well that that kind of counts that happened here at the office that one counts, time. That counts. It's the same process. It's just a different type of precipitation. Yeah, it was just mixed. It was mixed, yeah. Um, all right. Well, sometimes, one time I thought it was thunder snow, but it was just a, uh, a like a garbage truck uh, <laughs> yeah. coming down the street. Cloud truck or something. Yeah, but, uh, but no, I, I've, had, I've heard thunder snow. But uh, yeah, it's definitely, a, it's, it's a rare phenomenon. You don't get this in every single winter storm. Um, it's more common in the United States, Canada, you know, uh, especially, as Mike mentioned, in snow squalls and lake effect bands where they can get pretty intense. Um, and this is really because a lot of these storms, a lot of vertical motion, a lot of air rising, and it really causes these cloud tops to really shoot up. And um, and really, the whole thing is that uh, you have a lot of these crystals that are really ru running into each other, causing a lot of these... Uh, um, you know, a lot, a lot of these, uh, you know, static uh, charges and charge separation, charge separation. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of what really causes a lot of these, so to speak, thunderstorms. Um, another way is, you know, cold, uh, cold air kind of rises over warm waters. That's kind of more of a snow squally lake effect kind of um, aspect to that, too. Um, but one thing I guess you guys probably remember a couple years ago in December um, here in, in, uh, in Massachusetts, there was a, a severe thunderstorm warning. And that was a pretty intense storm. There was um, there was there was hail in that storm, and I know there was a, and we talked about it before in the podcast about different precipitation types. But uh, hail versus sleet, we all know. Hopefully, everyone here should know what hail versus sleet is. Um, I hope you guys know what it is. Why don't you explain to us? Well, what I'm going to talk is. about sleet later. <laughs> oh yeah, Brad's got sleet. You can talk about hail if you like. I'm, I'm still I'm still in his thunder now. Uh, all right. Um, anyway, so. Uh, there was hail and there was sleet. So right. if you imagine, if you know the difference or you don't know the difference, this was a pretty interesting storm. There was also, believe it or not, there was there was a there was freezing rain in it too. So it was a really weird storm, um, and there was also some strong winds with it too. So um, it was a uh, it was interesting because it was like I think it was like in the twenties when this was going through. So yeah, anything that was falling that was liquid um, was essentially just a um, uh, yeah a sheet of ice everywhere. You know, there were down trees, wires. Um, now that's the exception. That doesn't always happen. Uh, it's very rare to get a thunderstorm warning in like in December here. That's not a regular thunderstorm. Um, but uh, but usually thunderstorm, you know, thunder snow and in thunderstorms, they they, they they happen a lot in the in like the Midwest, even like the the, the Rockies. 
Um, a lot of these places out in um, like uh, Montana, like Bozeman, Montana, I found that apparently has the most instances of thunder snow wow. in the United States, if you can believe I that. I wouldn't have believed that. No, either. I wouldn't have guessed that one. No. I would have thought maybe and, around the, the Great Lakes or something. Yeah, and it, and it happens during the months of April and March. Huh. And the peak time for thunder snow is in March. But that kind of makes some sense if you think about it, because we're getting into a transitional period, so there's better chances for warmer air intrusion. So, right. you know, versus like the middle of this of January when it's like really cold and, you know, you really don't have any of those warm processes to create a thunderstorm, but it's easier in the March period and April periods. Um, and like I said, it is the United States and Canada and, you know, Midwest, especially in the, the Great Lakes area where they get the lake effect snow. But it's happened in uh, other parts of the world. Um, in Europe, there's been instances of thunder snow. Uh, Japan, that sees a lot of snow sometimes. They mm-hmm. they, they see thunder snow as well. Um, even down in Brazil, hmm. in, in Rio de Janeiro, they've uh, in just the past really? year, yeah, they've um, and, and and even in Germany too. Um, just the past year or two, there was a um, uh, there was instances of thunder snow, and it was uh, pretty interesting uh, because again, they don't really see that, so it's like. When you when it's snowing and they do get snow and then all of a sudden you hear a rumble of thunder it's like was that a was that a garbage truck like I mentioned was <laughs> right. it a was it a plow truck is it like what's going on is you know is, is the sky falling you know but yeah uh, yeah it's very muffled too from what I have heard that was my next point yeah people. it's it's very mu- muffled the acoustics um, usually in a thunderstorm you know you hear thunder sometimes from like ten miles away. This really, you need to be like a mile to three miles away to hear it. If, well, if you, the if, snow probably acts as a buffer. To, it does. It does. It's very, it, it really keeps it muffled. Um, and that's why whenever you hear, you don't hear like a crack of thunder. Right. Uh, usually it's very like. Could like, be an inversion like, going on too. A lot exactly. Of in the winter. Exactly. It so like it's thunder and pillows. Yeah. Yes. Thunder and Basically. pillows. I'll tell you that the most, the, the most famous uh, or most memorable thunder snow is probably, uh, everyone knows him, Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel when he was live that one time you know reporting during a snowstorm and it was just perfect timing and mm-hmm. it's all over to youtube you know youtube and right you can find it but it's uh he, he went pretty much berserk over it. it was pretty funny um to see him uh react like that but yeah i guess if you're live and you have a you know a, a, a clap of thunder like that in the middle of a snowstorm it's, it would kind of get you like what that. storm was that was that in the chicago uh groundhog day storm i don't know i know he saw it in that that i don't and that was several times, actually. That's when Chicago was having blizzard conditions. I think they had like 20 inches. And yeah. they also had like 70 mile an hour wind gusts. Wow. So. Sounds like a blizzard to me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I only remember it very well because I did the certified snowfall totals for that <laughs> storm. Well, so, that's a nice plug, Mike. I'll, you know, shameless plug. But uh, that's why I remember that storm so well. It might have been. Yeah. Um, but. I think we had enough of thunder snow, unless you have something else, Mike, that I'm cutting you off. I don't want to. Now I've uh, I've already exhausted all exhausted my electricity everything. here. So uh, uh, let's let's stay on the topic of uh, snow phenomena here and yeah. uh, oddities Strange with ones. snow. Yeah, uh, this is something that you don't really hear too much about, but it, it happens actually more frequently than you think. It's just that it's it's very localized, and it's it's called industrial snow. And you so first, it's like industrial strength, like yeah. Your industrial strength, you kind of get the idea. But well, think of it this way it, 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 it when you have warm air, okay, uh, above real cold air, and this is the same kind of uh opposite setup, I guess, of a, of a lake effect snow. But in this situation, you have like steam maybe coming off of a, a power plant or you know, anything that's hot that's being expelled into a very cold air mass, which can happen in the middle of the winter, you know, at many times. And what happens is there's just enough moisture in the air where it can rise to a certain point and then condense and fall as snow because it's cold enough. Uh, it doesn't really happen with rain. I just don't think the the, the, the reaction or whatever the, the, the whole setup is. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. it's more so for snow to occur. Um, you know, the, the, the actual definition is, is atmospheric particulate matter. It usually occurs at nighttime in a combination of freezing temperatures, stagnant low stratus clouds, or fog, and a temperature inversion, which we just talked about. And a temperature inversion, again, which we've covered in other podcasts, is when the temperature goes up as you go up in 
elevation, which is normally the opposite. Usually the temperature goes down when you go up in elevation. So, um, so, you know, again, it, it can happen and you get the steam that comes off a power plant. It can rise high enough and then it could, you know, condense enough and you get some snow, not a lot of snow, but you can get enough to get a coating of snow here and there. It's just something that it's very localized. I mean, you may go outside of the power plant area or whatever the, 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 the actual uh is what's causing it and you have nothing but it's just a kind of a neat uh phenomena there and also to go along with that is called airplane snow same kind of idea and airplane snow what's that this is this has occurred a lot more than you think too it's it's actually the chemtrails air oh well, yeah totally it's chemtrails. The, <laughs> it's, it's the hot air w- when a plane is either taking off or landing um, and all the, the, the combustion from the fuel and everything. Mm-hmm. And when it gets, again, the same kind of idea with the industrial snow, you get into a very cold air mass just above the ground, and it's just high enough to where this will condense with whatever moisture's in the air and rise just enough to fall back as snow. And it happens uh, you know, quite a bit, again, usually on the landing and takeoff patterns of certain airports. And it's been already documented uh, just as recently as last winter, on February the 12th at Dallas-Fort Worth, um, both landing and takeoff, both sides had a little strip of snow uh, that fell. It was cold enough. It was the middle of winter in Dallas. Uh, it doesn't get that cold that often there, but it was cold enough this one morning where they had a couple of little slices of snow on either side of their landing and, uh, and takeoff pattern, which is kind of crazy. Outside of that, there was nothing. Right. Yeah, one thing uh, I was going to bring up here is that a couple, well, a couple years ago, probably like six or seven years ago, shows my age uh, out of college, but uh, in, in State College, there was a... Uh, yes, there was a power that? plant, right. There was a, well, it was a waste facility right. treatment. Right, but same idea, it had steam coming up, right? Steam, well, we, you know, we, we, we joked around, we called it poop, <laughs> poop snow, because <laughs> oh, yeah, if, you know... Dude. yeah. I, th- I think I think there was actual uh, a picture of that, and that's what somebody called it, poop snow. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was poop snow. But I mean, again, it, it was the same idea. Like right. you go maybe about a mile or two away, and um, essentially it uh, it was it was clear. But then you go closer to it, and there was like an inch or two inches of yeah. snow. It was crazy. Right, and then there was another. And tell your kids be sure not to eat that snow. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, don't eat yellow snow, but don't yeah, eat I, yellow I, snow. I guess in this situation, don't eat brown snow. Oh, just. You know, don't eat, don't eat snow. Don't eat That's snow. That's a good question. Was it colored or was it just the same? No, it was, it white? was, it was the same. Well, you got to think about it. It wasn't, I mean, a lot of that it's waste, poo. a waste facility <laughs> plant is, is, is cleaning the water. Yeah, so we, say, what, it's yeah. not, it's not like actual, like foul. Yeah. So we're talking water. about water vapor. Yeah. Water vapor. It's not talking about poo. No, right, the right. poo is not. Yeah. <laughs> we just call it poo because it's a waste facility. I, I think the description on social media for that one was, uh, was poop snow, I think. <laughs> I have to look <laughs> yeah, it back up. It, anyway, it going back to the airplane snow real quick, there was another instance in uh, Chicago O'Hare uh, just a couple of years ago on November 27, 2018. And I think I remember our Midwest forecasting guru, Chris Castellano here at Weatherworks, was actually predicting that. Nice. Or he had to go back and and check the forecast and that's why it was snowing that morning wow yeah so we'll have to uh we'll have to talk, have to to talk with chris about that yeah, yeah i, I kind of remember that because actually i think there was a certified snowfall total report done on that well that would make sense because it is falling precipitation falling and, precipitation, and, that's and what it was we very report. localized and yeah it was you crazy know? That's that's pretty insane, and yeah. you know I think the way the reason why the factory snow happens and not so much the rain, right, is because you're dealing with a very cold air mass right. that you're pumping this moist and humid air. It's condensing into. very close to the earth yes. versus something else and go higher. Obviously, cold air can't hold as much water as warm air. True. So that's why you're getting that you know to condense and and form flakes and all that good stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, cool, cool phenomena about snow. Okay. Um, I think we'll probably take a break here. Uh, yeah. And uh, when we come back, guys, we're going to be talking a little bit more about snow phenomenon, including the, uh, the different criteria of snow, light, moderate, and heavy. And uh, down the line, we'll be talking about uh, pavement frost, cold air damming, and even freezing rain. So uh, don't, uh, don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Heads up, it's time to renew your subscription for certified snowfall totals. Don't get left behind with unreliable information. Get the facts with WeatherWorks. We take pride in the accuracy of our post-storm snow and ice totals and will always provide you with the weather details that matter most. Don't wait for the first winter storm. Renew now and get ahead of the pack. 
Visit CertifiedSnowfallTotals.com today or call us at 908-850-8600. And welcome back to the Weather Lounge. We are talking about different precipitation types during the winter. This is our Weather Terms You Should Know podcast. and Part uh, two. Part two. Part two. <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to be bringing it back into the winter mode here. And uh, I'll be talking about the different types of snow intensities. Not a whole lot to go with this, but uh, usually, you know, you got to wonder what makes it light snow? What makes it heavy snow? Um, and usually it it's kind of a really a mixture of kind of how, how much snow falls over a certain period of time and also uh, really the visibility. And uh, here, you know, as meteorologists, we use that visibility to really gauge, we look at what we call METARs, and they uh, basically they're they're reports from airport uh, observations, and uh, they tell you like, oh, it's snowing about a mile, two mile visibility, half a mile visibility. Um, so, so I think this is an important uh, yes. distinction though, because you know we always get people calling up and saying like it's snowing like crazy, right? But it's puking snow, right? Um, so it's like. We have to have some sort of criteria of what's light, what's moderate, what's heavy. Right. So, let's go, Mike. What do we got? All right. Um, well, light snow. I mean, it's it's. I mean, light snow really is kind of a, it could be anything. I mean, you know, flurries technically is a light snow, but it's you know you're talking like basically ten mile visibility. You could see for as far as you can, um, but uh, it can get you know as as far down as like you know perhaps even like a. A mile to three miles in visibility really is kind of light snow in a sense. I mean, you know, it, it really depends also on the flake size too. If you notice that uh, sometimes a heavy snow, people call it heavy snow. Um, really, it's um, you know, if you get those big fat like dollar sized flakes, dollar coin sized flakes, the aggregates. There you go. That's a better word. They're all clumping together. Yeah, they're clumped together. A lot of those, the big, you know, the the, the flakes that they're really good for making snowmen. You know, the the the, mm-hmm. the wet the snow wet snow. People. Snow people, snow people, women, men, of course, everybody. All right. Anyway, um, but yeah, that 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 uh that wet snow that's good for making um uh, you know anything out in the snow. Um, but uh, but you you know you have to really think about the 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 actual flake size too when you're talking about that. But yeah, anything between like one to even five miles is like a, a more like a kind of like a, a lighter snow. Now you're getting into the moderate side, and that could get closer to like a mile or less. Um, but definitely above a half mile, I would call it more like moderate snow. Um, that's kind of my definitions that I, I pulled from the internet. I mean, again, it it depends because we've all seen. These uh these reports coming out like it's all oh, it's a half mile snow, but if you look at it, it's also affected by the wind too. If you have a very wi- you know windy day and you have snow, sometimes it could report the the visibility is lower because the flakes are falling so fast. Or, you know with the wind, it almost appears like it's like a snow squall sometimes when that visibility drops. Essentially, fast. Yeah. yes. Well, I think I think too what affects the visibility a lot of times is your is your is your fog, your freezing fog and things like that. Cause a lot of times snow will fall with freezing fog also. Um, so that might artificially enhance or decrease your visibility. Right. Um, so just something to kind of keep in mind, at least what our meteorologists keep in mind when we're looking at observations. Exactly. And then of course, heavy snow. Well, it's very subjective in the world today. Cause again, I could, you know, you could see a heavy snow and it's like really big flakes, but it could be falling so slowly, and it could be like three mile visibility, and that's not really heavy snow. Uh, but heavy snow usually like a you know a less than a half mile, usually quarter mile, half mile is usually the indication of heavy snow. But again, as Mike mentioned, really depends on sort of what the wind speeds are. You know, if there's any fog in the mix as well. So it it, it sounds easy on paper. Oh, it's light snow. It's moderate snow. But there's more that goes into it, and that's why it makes it a little more difficult. Um, right, so we're gonna get a little argument here. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> because I feel that moderate snow is three three quarters of a mile is still moderate snow. Uh huh. And I think even half mile is a moderate snow, mm-hmm. and then it has to get to a quarter mile before you get to heavy snow. Technically, yes. Aha. You see, technically, yes. <laughs> I think less than a mile should be heavy snow. Yeah, and again, but see, that's the thing though, because. You know, that's technically the definition, but as we mentioned, wind, fog right. play a huge role in, in, in what changes the visibility. Right. Is that visibility changing because of the snow itself, or is it because of, like Mike said... Right. Uh, Come uh, on. Yeah. It's by the book, guys. No. By we, the we, book, we Mike. We can't go by the book. 
we're we're off the book. <laughs> we're loose. Be we're loose cannon. We're loose cannon meteorologists. If, Come I, on. if I if I wasn't if my name was Brad, then I could say by the book Brad. That would make a lot more sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, you know, unfortunately, my name's Mike. Me too. So this is gonna make it interesting. <laughs> um, one last thing before we jump over to, uh, I believe our next topic is freezing rain. Mm. But before we jump into that, Brad, one more thing. So there's also another criteria. Um, four inches or more of snow in 12 hours or less is considered, um, uh, you know, a heavy, like a heavy snow event or six inches in 24 hours or less. That's another definition there. So, um, the amount of snow that falls in a storm or in a small amount of time. So if you get like 12 inches of snow in like five hours, that's ridiculous. That's, you know, your, your, the, the rate, the rate of snow should be heavy and, um, it's probably quarter mile or less for a good portion of the time. So. But uh, that's about it. So let's uh, let's move over now to uh, to Brad's yeah, topic here. It's, it, a lot of times, it's like an inch an hour, I would say. Yeah, um, would be heavier snow. All right. So let's go back to where we were talking about hail earlier today in the podcast, and then we're going to go on to sleet and freezing rain. Just remember, hail comes from a thunderstorm, and again, that's going to most likely happen in the summer, with the exception of that one thing we talked about when there was a warning in Massachusetts, and I'm sure it's happened before, where you get some hail even in the winter time from a thunderstorm but um again you know 99.8 percent of the time that hail is going to come from a summertime thunderstorm which of course then you can't get sleep because it's just too hot sleet is a wintry precipitation type and basically it starts as a snowflake it starts moving down through the cloud and then there's a warm layer to where the snowflake melts and becomes liquid however it goes back into a cold uh part of the atmosphere where it's below freezing and then it really kind of just turns into a soft piece of ice, I guess. Yeah, a little, is an easy way to call it. A little ball of ice. It almost looks like a BB or something and like that. And that's why there's confusion between hail and sleet, right? It may not bounce as much as hail does. You know when you get in hail. Yeah, I mean, they're both they're both pieces of ice that right. come. They're just different processes right. that produce this, the, the sleet and the hail. Like in the thunderstorm hail process, you're having raindrops that get lofted high up into the cloud, they freeze. Get different they, layers they come, of ice. Right. Yep. They come down on the downdraft. They hit the updraft. They go back up again. And it keeps rhyming right. more until, ice. Until they're heavy enough to fall. Yeah. Over and over until it overcomes that updraft and it falls to the ground. Usually hail is much bigger. We're talking like, you know, dime size or right. larger or something to that effect. And the sleet's kind of, I guess we can call it almost like soft hail if you want to, an easy description for folks out there. I mean, it's... Yeah. It, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt as much as hail, but it'll still pelt you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it will. I mean, especially if you have some uh, a nor'easter and you have those right. gusty winds, sleet's hitting you in the face. It doesn't feel great. No. It's like uh, getting sand And it's tough to remove sleet. Oh. <laughs> We've talked talk about, about, about this that. before. We've talked about this before. It's, it's very dense. Uh, and usually when you when you shovel, you're shoveling snow. It's one thing. But you know when you get some sleet mixed in there because it's like twice or three times as heavy. And those little balls of ice, if you will, they will pile up and they're hard to melt, too. They won't just kind of sit there. And and uh, what's what's the joke we use around here at Weatherworks? Uh, you can salt all you want with sleep because it kind of just sits there and, and laughs at the sleep ball. Yeah, it kind of looks <laughs> at it and says, I see you, salt. Yeah. I'm just a sleep ice ball. I'm sorry. I need a lot more of that to get rid of me. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, you're right. It's a lot more dense. Um, so it's, um, it's basically a three to one ratio when you, when you talk about snow ratios are usually 10 to one. So an inch of water gets you 10 inches of snow, but it's three to one, uh, for sleet. So just, that just shows you how much more dense. And, And we've talked to a lot of our clients too, when they say, you know, I'd rather have a foot of snow of powdery snow versus four inches of sleet and snow mixed. One hundred percent. I mean, it's so much easier to let, remove. Yeah, it's easier to push. It it doesn't you know fall off the sides of your plow constantly like sleet does, and it's easier to kind of drive through too because sleet's like if you get enough of it, it's like driving on ball bearings. I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought my four wheel drive wasn't working one time when we had a big sleet storm because I was just like uh. Maybe the truck guys out there would be like, what kind of truck are you driving? <laughs> you driving a Ford or a Chevy? They all have their opinions, you know. And then, uh, you know, moving on to freezing rain. Uh, that's, again, we've gone over this kind of stuff before on the podcast. But it's basically, you know, again, snow is falling well above us and well into the clouds. But there's a, a good area of warm air that's riding, I guess, you know, 
along the middle and even the lower parts of the atmosphere where it's above freezing. So the snowflake comes down the cloud and it melts and becomes liquid. And then it stays liquid, doesn't have that chance to get over to sleet. It falls as liquid onto the surface of the earth, which is trees or cars, mailboxes. However, at the surface here, it may be 30 degrees, 29 degrees, 28 degrees. So it basically just freezes on contact. So again, you'll be driving down the road and you'll see it's just falling rain, liquid. Oh, it's raining outside, but yet there's ice accumulating on just about every uh, possible object and surface, uh, you know, around you. So uh, that's that's the worst, of course, with any kind of wintry precipitation. Yes. I mean, very dangerous. Also, it's a hazardous type of uh, precipitation when we're talking about power outages and things like that, because you're getting all that ice rhyming on power lines and right. putting all that weight on the power lines. Eventually, they're going to give up and snap, or a tree branch is going to give up and snap onto the power line and cause your uh, issues for sure right <clears throat> so again it you know rain it's it, it can it's just raining down liquid and temperatures though are uh, below freezing at the surface sometimes you can get freezing rain at like 20 degrees i mean it's it's known that it's been known to happen i mean it's, it's just that that much warm air aloft and above you uh that's uh you know making that snowflake turn into liquid rain but it's so cold at the surface that it's just causing a mess and and this kind of goes hand in hand with uh my my last uh, weather term today is it's uh, cold air damming. And uh, basically what happens is... So what are you doing? Cursing the cold air? Is that what you're doing? Damn you cold air. We have cold air damming. We are cursing it. No, the the, the Simpsons thing with old man yelling. Oh, yeah. Old man yells at cloud. Old old man yells at cloud. Yeah, that's uh, it. It is is something that happens a lot here in the Northeast because of the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, the the normal setup is a large area of high pressure over New England and what that does is it kind of keeps the wind northeast and it piles up the cold air and dense cold air at that at the surface and right up against the eastern side of the Appalachian Mountains. And it's also called a wedge. And what happens then is maybe we get a system that comes up out of the southwest and it's going to spread precipitation across the area. And then that is what may lead to some snow first and then it goes over to sleet and then it goes over to freezing rain. And again, this is all because of this cold air damming, and it's hard to get rid of east of the Appalachians. I mean, a lot of times, like right along the coast, it'll start to warm up enough to where it'll go over to all rain, the precipitation. However, you get deep into, you know, uh, parts of Pennsylvania, upstate New York, and uh, really west of I-95, then that cold air damming, it's tough to scour out, and it'll cause a problem with a lot of winter weather uh you know really any time from like november through march it can happen around here yeah and this typically happens in your valleys like you're talking mm-hmm. about i mean you know that that cold air is near the surface the warm air is riding over top of that cold air locked into the valley um so it just rains and freezing rains into that creates your ice storms and you know some places that come to mind are like the lehigh valley in Pennsylvania, but also, you know, thinking about northern New Jersey, I'm thinking about Connecticut, uh, River, Connecticut Valley, River Valley, Connecticut River Valley. That's for ha- sure. Hartford and Bradley are tough to really get warm in yes. the winter. The Hartford area um, really locks in with mm-hmm. cold air damming with a north wind. Um, same thing across uh, n- uh, northern portions of Massachusetts and, and southern portions of New Hampshire in the Merrimack Valley um, get stuck a lot of times. Um, especially when you have a storm, kind of one riding up the Appalachians right. and a secondary load developing on the coast. And then that, you still have that area of high pressure over New England yep. that's keeping the cold air in place. And it'll just lock it in yep. with that north wind. And models do not do a very no. good job. <laughs> so for all all of the people out there who are model watchers and things like that, that's all fine and dandy, but you got to understand your climatology of the region too. Yeah. Because... I know that if I have that situation, those models are going to warm it up way yeah, too the, fast. The strength of the cold air damming is always underdone on, and on every model. I don't care what model you're looking at, whether it's the NAM, the HER, all the, all the uh, short-term models. They do not do a good job with cold air damming. Yeah, 100%. So cold air damming, now that we cursed the cold air, um, it's time to talk a little bit about Our frost. last weather term. Yes. Frost is fun. Frost is a good time, right? Frosty um, the Snowman is a is, is a fun character. So are we talking about Frosty here? Come on, Mike. We're not talking that was about Frosty. It's one of Frosty. my favorite childhood holiday 
Frosty the Snowman. Don't you yeah. say things That's about your my, favorite, my, my, uh, my, my I said one of them. One Frosty. of them. Uh, I gotta think about that. It's probably very close between like Rudolph and Charlie Brown Christmas. I think we got another podcast topic here. Or yeah. Are we talking about no, a Frosty I- from Wendy's? No. Okay. I'm not talking about Wendy's. All right. Frosties. I think I'm done talking here. People so. dipping fries in those. I just don't understand that. It's still. actually good. Ah, I don't know about that. But anyway, um, but I think that's a good to- podcast topic. We could talk about holiday winter related movies, maybe. I'm going to write that down. Might be a good one. What's Die Hard is going to be one of those, right? You know, that's a big, big like contention there it's no a christmas movie so it's people, holiday i don't consider a christmas movie i'm sorry it's because it happened around christmas I know. it's a christmas movie but maybe not a lot of weather involved but it's a christmas movie so just see i don't think home there. alone is a christmas movie and that's what do you mean it's during christmas it's during alone christmas. well it's not yeah i mean it's set around christmas but i don't know I don't no. know if it's really a All Christmas right. Let's, movie. We're getting off topic well, here. Well, this is a topic. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a non-weather podcast, I think, soon. We're going to have our arguments on what is yes, a Christmas we movie have and what to. is not. So yes. stay, stay tuned for that amazing episode. All right, let's go back to out. our uh, frosty uh, weather term here. Frosty, and we're not talking about the snowman. We're talking about frost, which happens on your cars and grass and things like that. So how does that even happen? That's what we have to look at. Um, so what happens is, is that water vapor, it gets cold enough near the surface that water vapor will go straight from a vapor to ice onto the grass or your car. It's called deposition is the process that happens here. And basically that moist air, it cools enough to get to the frost point when it starts to develop that ice that you have to scrape off your car every morning if you're not in a garage, which is incredibly annoying. And I'm very happy I now have a two-car garage at my house because I don't have to do that anymore. Um, But yeah, so that's essentially what frost is. But some people might not know that frost doesn't only happen on grass and cars. It can also happen on the pavement itself. Right, and that's tricky. This is a definite tricky one and a very hazardous one, Tricky to one see too. and tricky to forecast. Yes. And basically, I've actually seen this on my neighborhood road before, which was quite surprising to me. But um, what does happen a lot of times is generally you have to have a very cold surface. Like maybe you had a stretch of days that was in the teens or something like that. And then you have uh, air with more moisture moving in but evection yes that's that's it a moisture evection or a dew point evection we like to call it and when that happens the air is still below freezing but we're evecting in that moist air and that is like it's just going to condense on stuff like a soda soda bottle or or something like that um and then it'll freeze um because the temperatures are cold the pavements are cold and this situation does happen a lot of times. It's happened on Long Island before. Um, it's happened in Connecticut before. A lot of times getting that extra moisture off the uh, the sound there, mm-hmm. um, the Long Island sound. Um, so that's certainly a situation, and it can be very dangerous. We're getting very good at predicting this now right. here at WeatherWorks. Um, we do have several clients that are more concerned about that, some of our Storm Alert clients. And... Um, it has saved our clients in the past um, when we have, you know, predicted those. Same thing with the uh, the uh, an overpass, correct? Yeah. Like uh, when you get uh, the cold air underneath. Right. And a lot of times that can happen if you have a warm river or something like that below it, and it gets very cold. The steam from the river rises up. Yeah, that's amazing to even think ice about. Ice is on like the that. bridge right. above the river. Um, a lot it's of not times, a lot of ice. It's just enough to glaze it over. You barely so see it, but thin. it's yeah, very very thin. But Usually, all it takes is a pretreatment of of de-icer, and then that usually takes Holds care it, of it. At least for like the morning commute, yes. right? So, so that's that's something enough. that you know we've seen a lot of our clients do, and has prevented a lot of accidents and things like that if they know it's coming. Um, but one other frost piece I should talk about is something called hoarfrost. Oh, yeah. Now hold on a second. No, no, I I promise you. We're not talking dirty here. This is not an R-rated show. Yes. Hoarfrost. Before we get reported here, Mike, H- spell that. H-O-A-R. Hoarfrost. It's a thing. 
Look it up. I promise you it's a real thing and I'm not making it up. We're not talking dirty in any way. But what Horfrost is, I'm sorry, I just can't get over the name of this. How they named it, this is just beyond me. But anyway, um, so a Horfrost is basically a very thick frost that's very feathery that forms on things. And this will be, if you look it up on your computer, it'll be like, you know, an inch thick on... um, fences and mailboxes and things like that. Sometimes it even accumulates on the road enough to provide a coating of frost and it becomes very slippery for sure. But it certainly is a thing and it's pretty to look at, but can be very hazardous too because there's so much of it um, that does form. So quite an interesting thing there with the frost. Um, I got to say, I never saw a thick hoarfrost it like that. It derives from an old English word that it, it, it's related to the word H O A R, um, but it means like old and age. So I guess because it's feathery. And maybe. thanks for joining us here at the Weather Lounge, <laughs> and we've been now cut off so by the. It, it, no, I don't. I don't think the uh, what was it the uh, FCC FCC uh, would would cut us off for this. It's a real thing, FCC. I, I promise. Um, but uh, where yeah, where's the, the most common? Um, I believe mostly out in the plain states from what I've seen, but I've seen a lot of it too even happen as far east as uh, Tennessee, um, you know, because it, it has coded roadways and, and caused some issues with some of our uh, um, analysis and things of that nature. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Mike is absolutely right. It's an old English term um, that means old. So I don't know. Why they applied old to it? Maybe because it's just white and feathery. They think of white hair, Good maybe thinking, or something. Maybe. Yeah. I don't that know. Could be it. That could be it. Yeah. Um, well, I look. I'm looking at the time here, and uh, we've definitely talked a lot. And uh, I don't see time. anything Who else at the time. All right? Who has any? <laughs> who has time anymore? Right? Um, yeah, yeah. But, but hey, guys, uh, great, great episode. We talked a lot fun. about the different types of precipitation. Like we said, there's a whole bunch of topics that we can talk about in terms of the definitions, and I'm sure we'll have a part three and maybe a part four. I mean, we could have as many parts as we want. We'll just have to find interesting topics that won't bore. If you have anybody. any topics you'd like us to talk about, of yeah, course, let us know. And yeah. uh, and if you want to uh, to give us any uh, information, you can always uh, shoot us an email at weatherlounge at weatherworksync.com. And uh, you know, thanks for listening, guys. Of course, uh, if you like this podcast, give it a like, a review on any podcasting app you listen to. We really appreciate it, and it definitely helps out uh, the podcast as well. And uh, for all of us here at the Weather Lounge, I'm Michael Prianti, and we will see you here in about two weeks with a new episode.